Stand-up comic joke it up one time. Fun day. Fun day. Modified a lot. Oh, come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. All right. Welcome to Let's Talk About Sets. This is the comedy geek cast about the science and craft of stand-up comedy. I am your host, Jeff McBride, and though you can't see it, my Jean-Luc Picard bald pate is extra shiny today. (laughs) With me is my co-host, Harrison Tweed. Yes, I have hair. And the theme today is characters. And our guest is the very charismatic, good-hearted Cyrus McQueen. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good to be here. It's a very nice introduction. Uh, well, like it. let's get started with a bit by Eddie Murphy. It's from his 1982 album, inventively titled Eddie Murphy, and it's called Hit by a Car. <laughs> Amazing sound effects you can do like that. <laughs> Anybody in the audience ever get hit by a car? Doing a service. You got hit by a bus, sweetheart? <laughs> and you, you didn't, like, get hurt bad, did you? Really? You just rolled off. <laughs> you got up and walked away? No. Oh, you got up and limped the fuck away. It's cool. I'll be all right. <laughs> really? Get hit by, where were you at when you got hit by a bus? I was you was working for a bus company. <laughs> Got the boss man saying, no, I ain't gonna fire the bitch. Wait till she get off. Right the fuck There she go. <laughs> I got hit by a car in Bushwick Avenue in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad place to get hit. But you don't just get hit once. <laughs> you got the first guy, then you got about six people going. <laughs> hey, man, what was that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Felt like it was in the road. <laughs> Back up and check. <laughs> that shit is in the road. <laughs> That was my call, man. I was about to go back to mechanic and get some mad, man. <laughs> then you're laying on the ground. In Brooklyn, they don't call an ambulance. It's showtime to the Brooklyn. <laughs> People walk over. God damn, man. I think you're going to die. <laughs> oh, damn. Man. Both your legs look broke. <laughs> this hurt? <laughs> yeah, man, you in bad shape. <laughs> Them your lips over there? <laughs> I didn't know what the shits was when I walked over, man. I thought they were snails at first. <laughs> I see them shits jumping around. I said, hey, man. Then I looked to see you with this big grin on your face. And I realized they was your lips, man. <laughs> Your legs are really broke bad. <laughs> this leg, it looked like it's broken three places. This is, your leg is bent up like this here, man. 
This is how your leg is bent, man. Oh, twist it up like this here. See how my arm is? See how my... No, look at me, man, look. Wow. See how my arm is? See how my pinky is sticking out there? That's what your shin is sticking out like this. Man, man. Them are some nice Sergios, too. Them one with the, the car in the pocket. I had a pair like that. <laughs> fucked up, man. That's some bad shit, man. Anybody see this? There's always a little guy inside exaggerating. Didn't see the accident. But he's talking about the shit real loud. Crowd around him. He's going, Oh, shit, gang! You see this? You just missed it! I just walked around the corner. I see the whole thing. God damn, you should have seen that shit. Oh, God damn, man. I'm walking down the street. Mind my own business, right? I'm walking down the street, right? I'm just walking down the street, right? Performance. Oh Holy my shit. God. How great is that? Uh, How so, great so is that? Shit? That's me listening on a, in a Walkman, like fucking when I'm supposed to be in bed. Oh, I had shit. that shit on tape. Ah. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Wow, that's such. All right, so uh, why'd you pick it? Because it just, it my cheeks hurt. <laughs> like literally, like it's it's the funny on top of funny on top of funny. It's like a Russian doll of funny. It's like you yeah. present one bit and then it just it's just more. It just unearths more funny out of this one bit. Yeah. Right. And I just like Eddie Murphy just has an ability to sort of paint a picture on stage. Mm-hmm. Like few comics really can. Like he it's, it's he's so gifted and he was mm-hmm. so young. It's too young to be that gifted. Right. Yeah, yeah. And 
Yeah, what just, was I, he four then? Yeah. No, he's, yeah, he's like 19 or something. I know. Probably. Um, but that he really could paint such a vivid picture mm-hmm. with, with a, 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 a modicum of words, I find. Like the best can paint a vivid picture with just a modicum of words. It's like, it's how, how do you mean? Me. He's, he's actually quite verbose, but you're saying he's, it's because of that reputi- repetition, right? It, it's that as well. And it's almost like he didn't, I felt like there wasn't enough preamble. It wasn't like, it's like, you know, I was on down the street in Brooklyn one day and it was, the sun was shining. It, like he doesn't, he doesn't really uh, give too much preamble. He just sort of just like brings you yeah. in immediately. Mm-hmm. You ever been, mm-hmm. you ever been in Brooklyn? Well, you're in Brooklyn, it's showtime. And it's like automatically that a con yeah. just saying that uh-huh. he didn't have to say a a crowd of people began to Congress on Bushwick Avenue or, or yeah. anything. He didn't mm-hmm. have to go into detail. It's just like a declarative statement. Boom. I'm there as a uh, listener. Yeah. Right. He you know leaps what I mean? that, right like, into that character work. Yeah. That wasn't even done on, on TV. So like we can't even see his act outs, mm-hmm. but you can see his act outs. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is all right. audio, but you're completely visualizing this bit being performed for you. I uh-huh. was thinking about the two blocks away. Like yeah. this was all happening so close. Well, sidebar. And <laughs> I didn't realize that you were this close, but you know, maybe it's fortuitous that I, brought up that clip because I myself got hit by a car on Underhill, which is what a right here, this street right here. I got hit by a car. For the listeners, we're in Prospect Heights. Brooklyn. We're in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn, across yeah, yeah, from the yeah, Brooklyn yeah. Museum. I got hit by a car on Underhill six years ago, uh-huh. oh right down God. the street from here. Dude. Oh, wow. And you, it was very similar. Actually, that's how big of a fan you are of Eddie. I know. I was like, wow. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta suffer for my art. I got to suffer for my art. Um, it was so funny. Life. I literally just started comedy not long before that. And I remember wanting to write a bit about, and I've done it a few times. I've done a little bit of uh, a, a bit about getting hit by a car and that whole experience. Um, but I felt like this just like this bit about getting hit, like I couldn't even do it justice. I've done other bits that are similar that take place in Brooklyn. And Um, I know both of these dudes. Like I've seen both of these dudes. Of course he's elevating and escalating. There's two characters he plays here aside from his own. There's two characters that he jumps into. Too chill, too crazy. Right. Yeah. The the guy who's too chill, who's just like not concerned. The the guy who wants the drama. Who's like, who's like, I'm going to heighten the drama. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because it was like when I got hit by a car, it's, it's funny. I actually need to fucking put this into a bit because the lady who came to my rescue, she came out and it was almost like that guy. She yeah. came running out of her house. She had a thing of frozen peas. Say, oh, baby, you all right? Oh, my God, that car was going back. So they be speeding up the street. I keep telling folks they keep speeding up the street. And they got a school right there. And they got to keep telling folks. It's just like, it was all this shit happening when I got, I'm laying down on the side of the road oh bleeding and shit. And I'm trying to get up. She's like, baby, you got to sit down. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, baby, baby sit down, baby, sit down. And she goes, she goes, goes seriously, you need to sit down because you might be able to get you a check. <laughs> sit down, baby. Sit down. She has that foresight. I came in after the fact. I went to her house and I fucking gave her the biggest hug because she got me through that moment. It was so fucking oh scary. God. Like it was like I literally thought I I, I died for. A oh, second. That, it was, that, it that was, shit's so scary. Went through a fucking windshield. It was horrible. Oh horrible. my god. Yeah, bro. Oh, man, I took the kid out. I fucked that cab up though. Yeah, yeah. Windshield took off the fucking uh, rearview mirror. All that shit. Took off the mirror. Oh all that shit. You're a big man. Are you six five? Yeah. You're big, yeah. Damn, yeah. that's a that's great. Well, that's so funny. But yeah, it could have ended badly. That. It could end badly. So you got I, I joke about it now. You yeah. gotta talk about that lady as a character. Like you got dude. It was like, literally that's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling them to space, speeding up and down the street. <laughs> Telephone, somebody don't get 
<laughs> it's funny because it's always the person that comes out who like has a gripe that they saw yeah. manifest into like the situation yeah. they've been fearing. Yeah. She's yeah. like, I knew it was yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. Knew it, I knew I keep telling folks. <laughs> look so. how right I am. <laughs> yeah. Look, how, I know you're hurting, but look yeah, how yeah, right yeah. I was. <laughs> oh, but oh, that's the other thing is like I need to fucking put this into a bit because when she when she looked at me. Like, I had no idea how it looked, but, like, my face was all fucked up. Like, yeah. I, I, it looked like I had, like, a, 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 a grapefruit, basically, oh, sticking shit. out of my forehead. All, I was all black up, lacerations and everything. And I knew I was fucked up because when she looked down at me, she went... <laughs> and, like, so, like, you know, like, I went to and it was like, you know you fucked up when a motherfucker yeah. looks at you and goes... Yeah. <laughs> just That's not through good. The yeah, yeah. It's like you're scared to even look in a mirror. I want to talk a little bit about that very thing, that character work, because yeah. like what you just did right there, what Eddie did in his bit, mm-hmm. it's such a specific set of character traits mm-hmm. that yeah. we know who that person is yeah. from intonation and just a few sentences. Absolutely, yeah. Right? And that's I, the power. It lends itself to the power performance when you really can play a character that indelible yeah. in that short amount of time and go from yourself to them back to yourself. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a skill. It's definitely a skill. It's like making a movie like on the spot. Characters are great because they can help depict a situation where the person in the audience has never experienced themselves. Right. But you're performing it so realistically or in like this real way that it comes through. They know, like I just heard Seinfeld talk to Cedric the Entertainer on his on his show. He talks about the pastor that's trying to buy time because he hasn't prepared, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I've never seen that in my life." Yeah, but I know exactly what you're talking about by the way you present yeah. mm-hmm. yep, with yep, that yep. character. It's it's like really as a comedian, you're 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 highlighting human traits and human qualities, and you're sort of dressing them up yeah. for. As a present in many ways. For sure. So I'm dressing up, you know, this is humanity that we all are experiencing and that we've all witnessed uh-huh. uh, in one shape or form. And it's like, I guess my goal as a comic, I think other comedians' goals is to like, you know, I might be talking about my uncle, Sonny, mm-hmm. but your uncle is comparable or uh-huh. your, your neighbor was comparable. So like there's something about that guy that rings true. So this is oh, this this, this this certain characteristics and personality traits that are universal yeah. and like a dickhead sort of guy, whether you're black, white, <laughs> yeah, yeah. red or green. I hate that when people say that shit. <laughs> red or green, uh, whether you're black, white, you know, Latino, Asian, like everybody. Or the other one that. or the other one. What's the other one? No, I just like saying that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but I love that fucking bit. I love that bit. And I do a bit uh, now about voting that I, I get to play a bunch of different characters, you know, mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the bit. And it's it's sort of like uh, an homage to Eddie in many ways because this is like my first introduction mm-hmm. to stand-up. Yeah. Not even, like my father, who was one of the funniest men in America, in my humble estimation, if life dealt him a better hand, he would have been a comedian, I think. Uh, but my father was really of like the Red Fox generation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. he, had, he had a couple of his Red Fox albums, which were funny to me, and even mm-hmm. Richard Pryor albums, which were funny to me, but it wasn't as accessible as Eddie Murphy for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like as a very little kid. I, li- I want to hazard to guess why that is. Because yeah. I, same thing. Thing when I was younger, like like uh, the the characters that that Bill Cosby brought alive in mm-hmm. his albums, that was some of my that was my first introduction to any stand up at all. Mm-hmm. It's accessible, yeah. and I and I want to I want to hazard to guess it's because of this. It's an archetype. 
Mm-hmm. A care, a good character, mm-hmm. not an impression, but mm-hmm. a good character yeah. is an archetype, a specific kind. And and like, I don't know if you know anything about like, have you have you ever read or heard anything about like Jungian archetypes? Mm. Um, okay, so it's this. Uh, there was Freud and there was Carl Jung, and and Jung had this whole thing about how there are these recurring archetypes that happen throughout all of human history, over and over. And you have the mother, you have the hero, you have the sort of the 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 sage, Jeff, wise mother. older. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's the that we so believe redundant. you don't. You're not a spe- You're a hero. <laughs> all right. So, so you're sexist. Uh, <laughs> all right. Not all heroes are mothers, but all mothers are heroes. Perfect, all right. Yes. So, so uh, there. So there are these archetypes that that come up in all of our stories. Mm-hmm. They come up in all of our lives. The the the, the you know the, the the quiet sort of like nerdy archetype. The mm-hmm. the or the the big Busybody who has to make yes. everything so dramatic, yep. like yep. like in the Eddie Murphy bit. Absolutely. And so, what you could see in an Eddie Murphy bit is, oh, I think I've seen a human being like this. Mm, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and this is a funny caricature of that particular collection of traits. Mm-hmm. Or this person is just so just unbelievably funny that if I encountered them on my own, uh, I would find now, them just yeah. as yes. intoxicatingly funny yes. as he's presenting yes. them to me now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So yes. it's like, I guess as a comic, you kind of like, you're a detective in many ways. So you gotta like, you gotta like seek out uh-huh. these universal, uh-huh. you know, characters and these, these universal themes and yeah. these topics that we all sort of like can, you know, jive with and well, present them to folks. They're, they're almost like they're, they're recurring themes that are when, uh, until they're distinguished by the comedian, mm-hmm. you accept them as normal. Mm-hmm. And then, then, the, then the comedian says, oh, wait, there's something exceptional about the person who loses their shit over board games. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Like that, but that person, that level of competitiveness when there's nothing at stake, yeah. there's yeah. something very funny about it. Yeah. And then they become that person who's yeah. like, who's like, well, I don't care if the game's called sorry. I'm not fucking sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just take it into the, like the guy like, and then he hit a helicopter or whatever. The yeah. play, like you just like make it even crazier. Completely embellished. It's a, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. right. So, funny. so let, I want to actually like play. I want to see if we can do this. I want to just dig in. Can we define what a character is? Like, like, wh- yeah, cool. Yeah, I want. What, like, like what is what is it? If you had to tell somebody who's never seen stand up before, mm-hmm. what is a character uh, in a in the stand up context? A character in a stand up context is okay. I'm, I'm trying to articulate it. It's uh-huh. somebody that carries the f- carries the joke into places that. Just speaking on it in a stand-up punch format wouldn't yeah. be able to accomplish. Yes, like yes, you have freedom in a you, character. You have freedom in a character, but in many ways, it sort of resonates with audiences. I found more so than a comic who just sits up and delivers material right. in a stand and deliver straight-up mm-hmm. punch format, mm-hmm. um, because it is so universal. Some mm-hmm. of these 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 <laughs> crazy beings that we inhabit on stage, like it sort of like brings a person's level of attention up to a degree. And uh-huh. like, you're, you're, you're now performing for them. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. like, you're performing, but when you're, you know, of course, speaking into the mic and saying your, your, your shit. Yeah. Um, but when you're actually, and this happens to me sometimes when you actually like are so invested in mm-hmm. the bit and the character that you kind of lose sight of the fact that I'm Cyrus McQueen up there telling the uh, yeah. and now I am the lady, you know, on the street in Brooklyn and now I am this person. But that's also comes from an acting sort of background when you're like, I'm so used to yeah. getting out of myself 
I, um, I, I created this, I, I know what you're talking about. I created this like really crazy character called uh, Captain Smurf mm-hmm. and it's an evil pirate Captain Smurf. I paint myself completely blue uh, oh, and I have like prosthetic character. ears nice. and like big teeth and it's pretty, it's a pretty awesome character. I've done it a few, a few times and I do it at Burning Man and I was doing it on stage at this festival. Oh, you're a freak. I, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, I'm no, Burning Man. I'm such a freak. Uh, uh, if you no, know, I, motherfucker. You have yeah. no idea. You're putting down and shitting here and you in the desert getting your freak on. I would have never knew. And how? Well, you wouldn't have to dig, dig deep. So... And, I, and I'm like emceeing this thing, but I got so far in the character because he's like, in my mind, he's this, he's this, he fucking goddamn it, Captain Smurf. And I, I'm angry because none of the Smurfs ever do what I tell them to do. And I was yelling at people on stage in this character and like, I'm Captain Smurf. And, they, and, and then the guy who's like running it comes out. So that's a little... Uh, much. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, but that's what he would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were so invested. Yeah. Right. I find and, that no, just characters, they, they facilitate laughter quicker and they also facilitate more resonant laughter in my, in my humble estimation because you are presenting an archetype, somebody that this yeah. person has seen in another. Yes. Form yes. somehow, even if it's just in a story. But it's just that 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 human trait that that that's mm-hmm. instantly recognizable, mm-hmm. and so for them, it sort of it facilitates their laughter in a way that just speaking words can't. Uh, oddly enough, the more the further, it's almost like the further away that you get from. Um, the specific person that they know into the caricature of that person, the more human it becomes because like that, that you, you build this like cartoon mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it becomes purely that trait or collection of traits. Mm-hmm. And then they go, Oh, that is my uncle or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Speaking truth and like showing truth are like almost two different things. There's like Ooh. two avenues to the same destination. Okay. You know, I could say a joke and it could, you know, be resonant. It could be from coming from a truthful place, mm-hmm. but then I could show you through yeah. an inhabited character that mm-hmm. is instantly familiar. And that, like I say, can almost instantaneously facilitate that laughter. Uh-huh. And in many ways that that's what will stay with you more than anything that I've said, I think. Right. Like, like for me with this, with the Eddie Murphy bit, what what stuck with me in particular was when the guy is repeating the things over and over again, and he's just like, "I'm walking down the street, mind my own business. Walking down the street, mind my own business. I'm mind my own business. Walking down the street." And and like how he's drawing that story out and making this other person's tragedy all about his experience yeah. of that tragedy. Yeah. yeah. And I like, and I went, "Oh God, I I, I know, yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. that person." Yeah. 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 <laughs> Really well. I love that fucking bit. I also think I've I've uh you know like with <clears throat> with like set up punch you got to have this structure and it's got to be this like quick clever thing. When you go into a character, I've noticed this in my own stand up, it allows you to be more on the nose with what the character is saying. Mm-hmm. You can get the point across by literally delivering the message of the bit or like what someone's, it doesn't need to be in the structure of a joke. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be this quick turn. It's just yes. a person talking. Yeah. Like um, the example, we talked about this before the recording of this like bit about animal rights that we played on the, it's not actually about animal rights. It's a weird bit where it's like a gentrification analogy and it's lions moving to the jungle and the panther's like, what the fuck is up with the lions? Yeah. And there's a point where the, one of the lions is like, well, I'm not like a finance lion. I like walk lizards and I like, you know, I've had this art gallery thing and it's, 
I'm literally just saying what white people say in Brooklyn. Right, right, right. But it's just so much weirder when it's all, it's like in a jungle and a lion sang it and you kind of, he's like a fidget spinner. Like it's just, it just allows me to like, I don't know, just explain. What's so funny, like I, I, know. I know exactly what you're getting on because I just discovered, we were talking about earlier, like I feel like I've forgotten more comedy <laughs> than a lot of people even learn. Yeah, but yeah. like I was, I uncovered a bit that I hadn't done in years and I did it last weekend because like at the time I was panicking and yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, all this Trump stuff's probably not going to go. So yeah. let me start, let me start like thinking about stuff that I could, you know, entertain these fucking people with. Yeah. And so I thought about a bit that I had with a similar sort of thread about yeah, yeah. gentrification using animals. Oh, really? And so oh, cool. I, I did, I said, I said, do you think that there's racism? in the animal kingdom oh and i was like great and people were like what and i'm like i'm telling you yes it fucking is because i saw some fucked up shit at the dog park and maybe it was <laughs> weed i was smoking but i swear to god i saw this pit bull come in and these two fucking white labs they just got out of it <laughs> they just fucking left and i was like i could have sworn they were having a conversation like oh my god look at him here he comes here he comes look at this fucking animal this fucking animal hide your chew toys hide your chew toys because he steals chew toys he does <laughs> So you and me, we're dogs. We're dogs. He's a fucking animal. He's a fucking animal. You know who I blame? I blame the owners. I blame the owners. I do. Because it's all how you train. It's all how you train. That is amazing. It's great. You know that white poodle, princess? He knocked her up. Yeah, knocked her up. That's why you don't see her here no more. It's the shame. It's and, like an and, Italian white yeah. lab. And they're keeping the puppy. She believe that? They're going to keep the whole fucking litter. Just what we need. More mucks running around. <laughs> Makes me fucking sick. I can't believe you back pocketed that joke and forgot about it for a second. Dude, I've back pocketed so much fucking shit. It's, yeah. a, it's a shame. One of the reasons I want to have you on it, we, we can't, we don't have the clip available, but it's super funny. You have this bit about how the Harriet Tubman 20 isn't going to go over well in the South. And it's just like a guy refusing a $20 bill at a cash in like the lines. Oh, 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 hold up, darling. Now you done slip one of the new 20s on me now. You're going to take that blackjack back, Jack. Give me two tens. I'm on four five. I'm on four five five. How many fives in a 20? I don't give a shit. I ain't putting that color paper in my wallet. <laughs> Open another race to them. I stand here all goddamn day. I got a hold on, darling. Open another guy. The lie could be out the fucking door. I'm putting that color paper in my wallet. And you don't stop. It's great. It like keeps going. I bet you've done that at like a light night where it might not do that. Like get the response you want and you can write it for maybe like a minute. But then you, I've seen you do it. It seems like for four minutes straight of that guy. Well, that's all. I mean, again, that's also the, you know, we talk about comedy from the comedian's perspective. It's mm -hmm. all you know, dependent, of course, on an audience. Yes. I think. And so sometimes some audiences are more generous in giving than others, and some are more stingy than others. Yes, and, you yes. Know, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse than developing a great bit, a real nuanced, like, embellished bit, yeah. like a, a, a huge act out with a oh, stand-up punch roller coaster and, thrown in, and, and they're not feeling nothing. it. Oh. Like, motherfucker, I'm sweating! Speaking, you kidding me? Speaking of sweating... Uh, for the listener, I am enjoying watching Cyrus dab his forehead like a southern <laughs> preacher, like a, maybe like a lawyer, just like, oh, well, I, I tell you, the jury needs to listen to me the now. Book of Genesis. <laughs> yes. Room, man. There's a lot of energy going on. Yeah. It absolutely exemplifies what I'm talking about. Like you in that character, you can go so far. Yeah. You have so much room to move and you can say it on the nose. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even need a setup punchline. No. It's it's it, the, the the character not that not that there's anything wrong with having jokes within that. It's yeah. but the character ends up being the joke. Everything you're saying bounces against that character. Yeah. 
God, it's so great. I, I I love character work, but when it goes bad, yeah. oh, it's lonely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's lonely up there. It's so it's lonely. lonely up there. It's you lonely just... up there. But it's almost like akin to bad improv. Have you ever seen like really bad improv? Of like bad stand up is 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 one thing, but bad improv is like that's a whole nother uh, do you here, do you wanna take a quick second and I'm just gonna um, take this off. do you wanna yeah. like a shower? I can bring you a towel. No, you no, want no. sham wow? I can I can <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes character, the character is the act. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you have your Larry the Cable Guy or whatever, where they're, they, it, it, the, it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I find that, like, I, I can appreciate it. Yeah. But part of me is also just like, ah, who the I fuck know are you? you? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, I'm just like, just fucking drop it, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so funny. Like, my, 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 that's one of my wife's uh, earliest assessments of stand up, because, you know, when you're with a, in a relationship as a comedian, like mm. you, you subject them to a lot of fucking stand up. Yeah. God bless the wives and girlfriends of comedians oh, and boyfriends and comedians. Seriously. You know what I mean? And like, that's love. If she could, if she could watch you fucking eat a dick uh-huh. in the basement of a lounge in yeah. fucking hell's kitchen mm-hmm. and, you know, rub your shoulders like, you know, afterwards, then you probably got to keep her. Um, but no, one of her earliest assessments of stand up was like, you know, she was on, I was on a show and there was a couple of co- other comics and she watched them. She's like, you know, every time I see that guy, I have no idea who he is. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. he's funny, but it's, like, I have no idea. Like I like, and she could speak, you know, objectively, like as right. a audience as, right. member, yeah. right. I want to, I want to feel invested in the community. I want to feel like I, I've, I've learned something about them. Well, the great yeah. trick me is the great trick is we're best friends now. Yeah. You know, I'm on stage. As far as you're concerned, you know me, we're friends, mm-hmm. but if you're behind the wall of a character the entire time, yeah. that's not friendship. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. that the actual audience relationship with the comic is friendship. Right. It's a trick. Right. But the, the, you can't even play – that trick doesn't work yeah. because yeah. they're just like, I know I don't know you. Yeah, and you haven't really put yourself out there in right. the way that you should. I think like part of what we do, which is so rewarding, is that you get to be transparent right. in ways that you can't in your regular life and right. in other – you know, places and times in your life. We're strippers of the heart. Yeah. yeah. And the best comedy, like I say, I, this is, this has become my mantra, but like, you know, in the, in, in the world of comedy, you know, there, there are infinite ways of making a person laugh. Yeah. You know, I can, you know, sit in a coffee shop all afternoon and write some really, you know, uh, thought provoking and resonant, witty, yeah, clever yeah. shit, or I can walk over and tickle you. You know, there's there's, there's multiple avenues to get to the same destination. Oh, man. Um, But and the tickle laugh is bigger. Cyrus McQueen is, and by the way, I just just want to tell everybody this like, Cyrus McQueen tickles like a mofo. Oh, yeah. That's his his big thing. He gets on stage and he brings people on stage, just tickles the shit. (laughs) (laughs) No shoe shoe policy at my shows. (laughs) (laughs) In character, the tickler. (laughs) Uh, The point I was trying to make is that I've. I, I don't know how far into comedy I was when I had this sort of semi-epiphany. I think, you know, as, as the longer you do comedy, you, you from time to time we get these little epiphanies. Um, and one that hit me was that, you know, there are infinite ways of making somebody laugh. If comedy were like a pool, there is a shallow end, clearly, tickling, mm-hmm. fart jokes, and then there's a deep end. Yeah. And I, through my career thus far, have learned that you get the deeper laughs, the bigger laughs, the more rewarding laughs when you dive in the deep end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Some people make a career off the shallow end. Right. Fuck it. Who am I to begrudge them? I think I know what you mean, but I want to clarify. When you Mm -hmm. say deep end, what do you mean? 
I mean, talking about personal things that, that affected you in your mm -hmm. life, talking about issues that others may not feel comfortable talking about. Like big issues. like Big issues, crisis. race, politics, mm -hmm. sexuality, yeah. sex, marriage, divorce, death, mm -hmm. fatherhood, you know, the big issues. Mm -hmm. Or I was standing in line at Starbucks, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's, yeah. there's a time and place for everything, but I find that if I'm going to even attempt to get on stage, it's going to be to, to dive into the deep end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Those like shallow, one of the shallow topics I, I get, I've just realized I'm tired of it now is when, um, it's just like, it's, I call it like, I'm right. Comedy mm -hmm. where it's just like, this guy said this to me. This girl said this to me. <laughs> okay. And then they say why that's stupid. There's no like deeper meaning behind it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now that I'm a comedian, I've broken that down. Mm -hmm. What you're saying to me is someone came up to you, said some dumb shit, mm -hmm. but you weren't quick enough at the time to figure out what to say back. So you thought about it for weeks mm -hmm. and may maybe a year, mm -hmm. then wrote down your comeback and now you're presenting that. Now that, you're the smartest that, guy that was in that like, conversation. What does that tell me about you other than that you just, you want to be right about yeah, this totally. and that you're petty. And you know what that is? That's, that's tantamount to crop dusting. That's what I call yeah. it. You're not, you're not taking anybody on a journey. You yeah. don't have a plane full of people and you're ready to go with you anywhere. Yeah. You just crop dusted. Yeah. You just, just drop some bullshit on them that ah! is going to easily be forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Motherfucker, you're getting on the plane with me. And you know what? <laughs> Make sure your trays and seabacks in the upright and locked position. Yeah. We're about to take the fuck off. Uh, we're going to go yeah. someplace, Supersonic. Yeah. Go in places, bitch. Yeah. I'm really glad that uh, that's actually the, the comics that, uh, the comic you picked off, obviously, Eddie, and then the comics we picked are all comics we haven't played on this podcast before and i'm i was like had no niggas on here. <laughs> that's not true but we we could up the ante <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um yeah we're very white and they gave me chicken y'all they, we, yeah, Jeff made some really and that's rude. And let me tell you, this shit was good. Motherfucker right. crock potted it. It was we good. We also made a cucumber salad. It was good. <laughs> to be our vegan white women. That we have on. Anyway. anyway, shit was succulent. It was really good. It was succulent than a motherfucker. It was falling so off the bone. Good. Yeah. I make some as, as, in addition to hosting a, a great podcast, this yeah. guy can cook a fucking chicken like his <laughs> like life depended on it. I'm a tubby black person between here and Franklin. Where did it come? Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you, like uh, any chicken that hears this podcast, be fucking scared. Yeah, right. Cross the road. <laughs> Cross the fucking road. <laughs> a character provides a free extra angle or perspective on a premise. All of a sudden, now you're looking at it from the perspective of the guy who has to make everything dramatic about himself. It's like, oh, look, I was, I was buying my own business and then yeah. uh, I was shot 90 feet in the air. Like now the accident happened from his perspective, mm -hmm. whereas before it's from the other guy's perspective. Now you, you frame the same premise mm -hmm. as... Oh boy, somebody should do something about this. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, yeah. you you can you even move? Oh, your lips fell off. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a way of highlighting almost contrasting viewpoints and also just like contrasting perspectives on a yes. on a similar uh -huh. or one topic or one situation. And anytime you can take uh there's a there's a very basic joke structure that actually drives me a little crazy. 
um, because it's so done where they go, oh, yeah, and somebody told me I was just so ugly and fat and stupid or whatever. And they go, and then I was like, what a thing to say to me on my birthday, dad. And then all, so uh-huh. they, then they've, they, they they snap. And a room full of young white yeah. kids uh-huh. in, in Brooklyn who laugh. Uh-huh. Yeah, they right, laugh right. and they slap right, their right, knees because right. it's the most clever thing they've ever heard. So many times. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, but they, they've recontextualized it, snapped it into focus. Now we're at a birthday party and it's the bad dad, right? Yeah. But with the, with characters, it's kind of a different thing. Like you, you, you get to do the same thing but the picture is painted by the inflection and the facial expressions that you provide mm-hmm. and then the rest of it is all filled in by the, the, the by the imagination of the audience yeah. and it's it's like it, it's it's the same thing you're mm-hmm. doing the same thing but one of them is showing and mm-hmm. the other one is telling yeah right yeah it's that's that's the perfect way of breaking it down the this the difference between show and tell but i also believe that you know, stand-up lends itself to that because, you know, you are a performer. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, it's like mm-hmm. people are watching you. You're occupying a stage. You know, people are used to going to theater. People are used to going to hear music, but they want a performance. And I find more than anything, what I try to do with comedy is I want to give them a performance. You just quoted, like, what Jim Carrey said, like, I want to make their day a little bit better. Yeah, and the free way them that from I'm concerns. Free them from their, from their concerns. Mm-hmm. And the way of doing that is to just entertain these folks. Yeah. yeah. And I think folks want that folks more than anything react to that. Yeah. More than just being spoken to. It's uh-huh. like anybody can say a bunch of clever shit and a certain sequence of, of ways to elicit a laughter from somebody, but very few people can really sort of bring you into their mind and bring you into their world. Yeah. But at the same time, you both it's... occupying the same, the same imagination, imaginary, uh, uh, landscape almost yeah you're you're both you're both there you're yeah like, you inv- you're visualizing it a certain way even though i'm presenting it a certain yeah. way but it's all personal i mean as an audience member everything totally. that you witness is ultimately personal you uh-huh. put it through your own filter but you and i are basically are are, are, are in concert in that moment yeah for sure know? well you yeah, there was someone did you say that yeah the, uh, yamanika saunders is a very hilarious comedian yeah. and my some, girl and you described her. her as this I, yeah i i described the experience of yamanika is she, when she's on stage, she is the only mind in the room. Yeah. That's it. Everybody is Yamanika in that moment. Yeah. But, and, it, and it's the, from the moment that, that her, her foot just touches that stage, it's boom. Mm-hmm. You're there in mm-hmm. her world. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just love that. And I think that's what character work can do. It can just put you all. It's like it, what you said. It's like we're all imagining it slightly differently, mm-hmm. but it's all like it's it's like shrooming with a bunch of people. It's mm. like, what are you seeing over there? It's like, oh, I see him with a straw hat. He's got a hat on. Oh, dude, I saw him with a dirty baseball cap. Um, so great character work is the psychedelics of stand-up. It really is. I think it really is. That's, a, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And whereas, whereas wordplay is the Adderall. Wordplay is the Adderall. Yes, yes. Oh, God. You have to be so precise and specific with what you're targeting mm-hmm. the particular element the thing you're highlighting about this kind of person this mm-hmm. character and at the same time though it has to be such a general trait mm-hmm. that it's accessible so you have to be both specific in its portrayal and mm-hmm. general in the thing that you're talking about mm-hmm. it's a weird balancing act yeah. it can't be just how how your your you know your grandma opened up 
string bean cans. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just mm-hmm. a little. But if if she had to p- pin down every single one, and she was like that with everything in her life, mm-hmm. and every little detail had to be down, you know that person. Yeah, it's yeah. me. But like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what like uh, I, I have to credit. You know my my steadfast and and you know in some cases loving in some cases not very loving uh teachers in drama school who really got us to inhabit characters and taught us the joy of inhabiting characters so i definitely mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tip my hat to stella adler and her conservatory of acting because they really sort of helped me when i when i'm embodying a character like i learn how to put it in the body first and that's one of the things that you get from you know yeah. theatrical training and so if i'm a, if i'm going to be an old person in this act then i know that you know what are the few tells it's like you got to stoop you got to almost like you know your whole center of gravity just falls uh-huh. and you know what is one of the the most uh, noticeable things about an old person is like playing with the mouth and, <laughs> and everything so it's like automatically you stoop and you Oh man, this is a and you're you're you're, you're now you're that person. Uh-huh. I'm no longer uh-huh. Cyrus. I'm now Harvey or Esther or whoever the hell yeah. I am. You know, um, your physiology comes, creates the psychology. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically where my training comes from. You know, with with acting. I and if you're doing an acting, if you're doing an actual role, then it's even more in depth. But for mm-hmm. the purposes of, of stage, right. it's got to be funny at the end of the day. So yeah. no matter how truthful you want to be, it's like okay, if this isn't going to elicit <laughs> laughter in this moment, it's yeah. definitely oh, it's organic to Esther. But if it's not eliciting laughter in this moment, then maybe I need to like shelve it and find something that's a little bit more yeah. uh, accessible for for the audience. Come on, let's talk about sex. Uh, hey everybody! This is Cyrus McQueen. Yeah, Cyrus McQueen. <laughs> hey guys, uh, yeah. Cyrus is from Boston. Boston. He got himself a magna cum laude at uh, Northeastern, right? Yep. In political silence. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic! Uh, yeah, that's a great. That's a <laughs> In great political list. silence, uh, <laughs> and uh, so his next logical step was acting. Right? Your next that's that was you're like political science, yeah. then acting. And well, then I worked like, literally. I worked this summer. Uh, I worked at the state house and state and state government, state and local government in Boston, and then I worked a summer in DC. And I'm like, you know what? I might as well just be an actor because all these motherfuckers were acting anyway. Ah. I saw, yeah, I saw some really off-putting things when uh, when I was working in DC. And you know, we can. This is a conversation for another day about just the, the nuances of, of state and, and local government. And, national politics and you know whether things actually get done and you know is your voice actually heard political silence i know all about it (laughs) it turned me off let's put it that way it it turned me off and so then i went to london and that's when i really got the acting bug and i was doing a lot of courses over there london theater i was going to the theater a lot and that's when i started acting and then you were like i need to take one further step down to stand up (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny it's like if if i had a if I had a sign earlier, I probably would have done stand-up. But uh, it's funny, after the fact, when I started doing stand-up, a couple of my friends from drama school, they said, we all knew you were going to go into comedy, man, because you were always cracking jokes in Shakespeare and movement and shit. <laughs> and so it was, like, it was like a logical conclusion for mm-hmm. you. So, oh, I guess yeah. so. Uh, was there anything in you that, when you were doing acting, was there anything in you that was like, I, I kind of wish I were doing stand-up? Was it, was it there? or How did it come about? Dude, my whole life I've been... I've been I'm just, I'm like, 
the hubris of this man to say he's been funny forever. Uh, <laughs> no, my entire life I've been a cut up. I was a class clown. I got in trouble. I got suspended from school. I yeah. got detention. You said your father is like the funniest. My dude father in the world. was the funniest motherfucker on this planet. My yeah. mother, not so much. My mother doesn't get sarcasm. My mom, <laughs> uh, Isn't that but funny? my mom was my first audience, and my mother more than anybody encouraged me because I used to get out of punishments by making her laugh. Uh-huh. I would get out of trouble by mm-hmm. you know cutting up, and so. Um, I denied. I guess I denied it for a long time. It was like it was like I was funny, and I didn't. I didn't want to do anything with it. Like, and I was working at a comedy club. And wait, 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 wait. I have to back up on that. Okay, hold on a second. I was funny. I didn't want to do anything with it. I was working at a comedy club. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. These facts. I was working don't at align. a. I was, I was working at a comedy club to facilitate my life as an actor. Oh my god! <laughs> Understand that I was going to drama school during the what? day, and I was working at the comedy club at night, and I was auditioning during the day, and it was like it was good for my schedule. Oh, so you you just it just were you so waiting tables there? Or what were you doing? A comedy a club, not some restaurant, not some anything. It just so happened to be a comedy club. And I, and I, and I, uh, now it's time for me to have it with my grandmother because my grandmother, when all that came about, she said, well, baby, sometimes God puts you where you're supposed to be. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so if I want to say that was it, then that was it. I that's think that's, uh, I think God put me where I was supposed to I, be. I, I would assert, and, and I, I may be way off base, but I would assert that you loved stand-up and that there was something in there where you were like, well, I probably can't do that. Yeah. But I'll do something adjacent. Well, I just love to perform. Right. That's the thing. I just love to perform. I love to be other people. I never, you know, took me a long time to, to learn to love myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> learn that I was okay. And uh, no, I just, I, uh, I, I always was performing. I was being uh-huh. characters, characters I created or characters that, you know, I saw, you know, in my neighborhood and I would impersonate them or, mm-hmm. you know, famous people. I would, you know, impersonate them. So I was always performing in one right. shape. Or form, right. and then I started doing theater, and I was like, "Oh, this is very freeing." It's like I don't have to be myself anymore. Yeah. Um, and then it was just—I don't know why—I just denied it for the longest time. Like my mother, probably ten years before I actually did stand up, was telling me I should do stand up. So a lot right. of people's parents, like they, they poo pooed their dream. My mother was like, she was the wind beneath my wing. She was like, "Go! I've no. been telling you. I've been telling you. I don't get sarcasm, yeah. but go." <laughs> but she not But it's like you know. I don't um, like those sarcastic jokes. If you could stick steer clear of those. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was a kind of like a like a. I mean, I, I forget. I was a funny guy in high school, yeah. but. I remember one time my friend was jokingly like, I'm making a movie about myself and I'm casting all of you as different people. And like, it was just like lame people. Like, I think like Sean White was given to my redheaded friend. It's like, I don't know. You look similar. <laughs> and then I was like, but he was like, uh, Dimitri Martin for you. At the time, Dimitri Martin was like a big stand up comedian. Yeah, yeah. It was like 2008 or something. And I remember old, thinking like, old. oh, cool. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you said something kind of like him the other day. And I was like, <gasps> Do I? Do I? but it is weird. You, d- It's the one art form that you're not really shown that you can do. There's no right. high school stand-up comedy class. Right, right. There's a high school acting class. There's no loan to yeah. go. There's like, singing. There's, no there's bands. Right. You can learn how to play. Right. There's not. I feel like the only time I ever realized I could be a comedian was just I was on a bus at, at Syracuse when I was going to school there, and we just passed a comedy club, and I was like, that's a thing. Mm. There, the, That thing is a thing that exists in, in society. Yeah. I'm going to jot that down. It really, no, it really is. It's like for whatever reason, stand-up, you have to connect 
dots in order to yeah. get up there. You've got it. Unless you've done it, unless you've connected those dots, mm-hmm. it says, I've got something to say, uh-huh. then you're not going to get up yeah. there. And uh-huh. I think for the longest time, I said, like, I'm not going to do stand up because I don't have anything to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not just going to, like, I was funny That's in, my, in my personal life. I was funny with my friends. I was funny shooting the shit at work and all this yada, yeah. yada, yada. But, like, you have to have a specific intent to get up there and make somebody laugh uh-huh. with the words that you said. It's very easy to say someone else's words yeah, yeah. as an actor. Very, very easy for me. Yeah, yeah. But actually getting up there and writing something and it's coming from you and it's all you up there. It's no other actors. It's no yeah. scene partners. It's just purely you. Uh-huh. That is a little bit, you know, jarring for some people. For like sure. you can't necessarily think, okay, A plus B equals C. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I got to, I got to get to, I got to get from A to B and then I'll get to C. Yeah. So somehow you connected the dots. And I was like, fuck, I got something to say. I know. What was the first time when you had been doing stand up for a while that you felt like you actually achieved what you just said? I don't know that I have. Um, I, I had the, the the privilege, you could say, of 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 getting into it after I'd become fully formed in many ways. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm a, I was 30 years old when I got on stage for the first time, uh-huh. and so I'd been through a hell of a lot by that point, and so I developed a perspective on things. I already I already had perspective on things, and so you know, going back to my youth and why I probably wasn't answering my calling is because I was so serious. I'm still a very serious person. You know, like politics was my first love, and. Um, community organizing was was also something that consumed a lot of my time and just the plight of African Americans in this country and the, the whole race issue and um, coming to terms with my place in American society and my perspective on the struggle. Yeah. Um, that kept me up at night. That still keeps me up at night. Um, and so I'd have, I didn't necessarily think that stand-up comedy was a, a virtuous pursuit for somebody who's so serious. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean, um, and I don't know. I just connected the dots and I realized, well, I'm used to. And you wanted I, that virtuous pursuit. You were like, I need to do, I have to. Yeah, like anybody yeah. motherfucker you talk right. to, they get up right. there because right. they're comedians. And they want to be comedians. It's like, yeah. I feel like more than anything, like comedy is something that is, is, is second nature for me. Um, but it's also to me a, an avenue. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just have to, I've got to speak truth. I've got to speak truth mm-hmm. to power. I've got to. Um, dissect the shit that's going on in this world. And I endeavor to do that every time I get on stage. It's like I either am going to make a point on the way to a joke or I'm going to make a joke on the way to a point. Right. No, but either way, you're going to fucking, you're going to remember what the fuck I said Mm -hmm. or what I showed you or what I tried to impart on you in that 2015 half hour. um, I can relate to that really hard. And, and there's a divide. I, after all these interviews with all these different comedians, there's a big divide on this. Um, there are some comedians who are just like, shut the fuck up, be funny, just do your goddamn jokes. Um, we're here to entertain. Mm-hmm. And then there's us. I would, I would put myself more in your camp. I actually mm-hmm. respect them more now that I've had lots of conversations with them about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm on your side more because, than you did, or huh? more than you did, more than I did, not yeah, more sure. than more. <laughs> no, 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 just like more than I did. Like respect I, I the more than I respect myself yeah, and you, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, way yeah. more than yeah. Harrison for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel I'm in the same world. So, so uh, yeah. because because of what of what happened with me, like I grew up in a very conservative culture, mm. uh, uh, very isolated, and Montana. in Montana, that's and, as isolated uh, as it gets. It, God damn. it, it yeah. really is, and yeah. and um. I had a very specific life system and it never fit. It never felt right. Um, but I tried and I really wore it to the mm. best of my ability. And, 
and then George Carlin came through town and uh, I, I ended up like uh, becoming exposed to his material. Mm-hmm. And, his, and he made me laugh at things that I thought well, you weren't supposed to ever say. Mm-hmm. How could that possibly be true? Mm-hmm. And then it just because the, the defenses came down, yeah. all of a sudden he opened my mind to looking at the world for all these different perspectives, just encouraging me to think for myself. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I think like... So I can understand, and I and that was such a profound experience for me that informs yeah. my life to this day. Yeah. That now, if I can do that for other people while yeah. I'm making them laugh, if I can uh, yeah. laugh first, yeah. But if if I can do that while I'm making them laugh and have another person have that level of of oh wow, I never fucking thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so. That's that to me is the gold. Absolutely, yeah. you're speaking for a lot of people in that moment. You know what I mean? As a comedian, like a lot of people. They'll never endeavor to do comedy. They won't even necessarily endeavor to speak their minds on a given topic. But like, if you are speaking that truth, like the most gratifying thing is like, you know, I'll often get it on Twitter. Somebody's like, man, I'm not good with words like you, but you saying exactly what the fuck I was thinking. I swear to God, you just said exactly what I was thinking. And so as a comedian, it's like, fuck, man, I'm that vessel. I'll be that fucking vessel. Yeah. Do your fucking your, your knock knock jokes. Do your whatever whatever jokes. But it's like, damn it, my time on this earth is finite. God damn it, yeah. I'm gonna get up that motherfucker. Uh, and I'm I gonna love that. rip my fucking soul out for these people yeah. because otherwise, why the fuck are you doing? That? I can't get off if I'm not doing that. You exactly. Know I, mean? I won't even get on stage if I'm just gonna try to make somebody laugh. It's like, nah, we so st- yeah. we're on the plane together and we're gonna hopefully land someplace mm-hmm. nice. You and me. Well, so let's, it's like the Bill Hicks thing. It's like live your life like you just got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and say what you want to say right fucking now. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he did. He just said what he was going to say because he literally was going to die at 32. Yeah. Right. So and, it's just like. Or, and also maybe learn from his experience and uh, quit smoking. Hey, uh, I so not endorse that. <laughs> well, I'm telling you. And I'm, not, I'm just going to say because I feel like this is good for podcast listeners. Anybody else who's battling any sort of addiction. I quit smoking cigarettes 11 years ago and that shit was the hardest fucking thing I ever did. But it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. It can be done. And like I told Harrison, and I hope that this little <laughs> nugget of, of truth will resonate in your, your your brain. Don't even. It's not even fear. Fear won't even do it. It's just like look at it, man. At some point in time, it's going to be ten years from now. All right. It is now February twenty sixth, two thousand eighteen. It's going to be February twenty sixth, two thousand twenty eight. At some point, and those ten years. You want to be able to look back and say, I was a smoker or that I haven't had a fucking cigarette in 10 years. Yeah. You want to be that motherfucker who says I didn't have Weird. a cigarette but, in but, 10 But years. do that as a character. This also is applicable to heroin, too. So we're also we're <laughs> around all the bases. <laughs> What's fucked up is my father quit heroin cold turkey, but he could not quit cigarettes. Really? Cigarettes were that, were that much more difficult. That's yeah. crazy. And actually that, I mean, I think that's going to go out to a lot of smokers because we have a lot of comics <laughs> listening and most comics smoke. It seems it'll like be it's 10 years from now, motherfuckers. Listen to daddy right now. It's yeah. going to be 10 years from now at some point. And you want to be smoke free for 10 years. And you'll have so 10 new minutes on not smoking anymore. Yeah. Come on. Let's talk about sex. Well, let's play some material by Cyrus. It's called Let Freedom Ring. This was at Gotham Comedy Live, and it was back in 2013. People forget, people forget, Obama came out in support of gay marriage like four years ago. He did, because I remember at the time they were saying that it could go down as Obama's I have a dream moment, which I found fitting. Can't you see Obama giving that speech? I'm afraid I'm ring. I'm ring from the... Straight to San Francisco. <laughs> Tell the 
to the timeshares in Far Island. Timeshares. Let it ring from the beaches in Provincetown to the <laughs> unlimited mimosa brunches in Chelsea. Let it ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But you know, Bubba would get on the road. That brother would be like, I'll have a drink. <laughs> that one day, little black boys and little white boys <laughs> grow up, get married, go overseas, adopt little Asian babies, raise them. <laughs> Buy homes in low income areas, fix them up, bring up the property values, flip them, flip them, flip them, trend. I have a dream today. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, so fucking funny. Let's chat about it. All right. <laughs> I love that bit so much. So how did that, how did that bit start for you? Well, also quite serendipitous because uh, uh, I You're hanging remember, out with Obama. And- no, I remember, I remember when I had the idea for that joke, and I was literally getting off the train at Brooklyn Museum right here, going to my now wife's house right mm-hmm. around the corner. And this was after... Uh, I think after the um, Defensive Marriage Act was uh, was upheld by the Supreme Court, and there was a lot of articles like that were talking about it, and somebody like I I, I think I drew that connection. I said because it was right around the MLK Day or something like that. And yeah. I was like, this is like Obama's I, I have a dream moment. He's like the first politician on record. This yeah. is no do ask no tell. This is like I embrace you. I recognize you. And I was like, yeah. this is going to be like his I have a dream moment. So mm-hmm. I remember as I got off the train having that joke, and I remember having to run into her house and i was <laughs> like i was down. like this is before like smartphones i was like i gotta write this down i gotta write this down i remember, <laughs> I remember distinctly i was like i wrote it on a couple of post-it notes and then i went to sleep and i was like thank god i wrote that down <laughs> but yeah it oh. literally happened like right outside your door dude that's ah. important also just for the listeners if you have a fucking idea don't be like i'll remember that yeah write oh, it no, the fuck bro. down uh-huh. write oh. it down the amount of the, times the, i've the, just been too cocky and be like dude, it's the worst yeah. when you're trying to go to sleep for me uh, all yeah. the problems of the world come flooding into my mind when yeah. i'm like literally just need to go to sleep. Yes. Um, and so and that in that times I've learned to keep either my phone or a pad right on the on the nightstand. Yeah. Cause that's when most of my thoughts come. The muse is like a jealous girlfriend. You finally get some time with her, and if you don't pay attention to her, she's like, fine, well, I'm just gonna fucking go. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you're looking you know for what? that bitch. Like, Where's my motivation? Oh, you oh, I'm not here anymore. I mean, I, you thought I'd be here? But yeah, well, you took me for granted, so fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. What would you say is sort of the underlying theme for you of that particular bit? What if you had to like boil it down and say, okay, this is what I want people to walk away from with this? I just I wanted them to think a bit. I also wanted them to feel a little bit, mm-hmm. and I wanted them to laugh a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like all all three. I just wanted I wanted to also highlight the the timelessness of an Obama mm-hmm. and how he's really one for the ages, and mm-hmm. like I really in many ways in my yeah. humble estimation akin to a Dr. King, and yeah. that he was just so selfless, I, and that. He sacrificed himself for the greater good and, you know, he suffered the slings and arrows of, 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 you know, his detractors in the public eye and in Washington. And he still with a plum, by the uh, way, with a plum. Yeah. Yeah. And he still maintained, I don't know, a je ne sais quoi. Like he, he had this, this ability to sort of make it look effortless, even though, you know, this guy is, was tormented in many ways and you read his books and like, he's a, a deep thinker. Mm -hmm. And like, for many ways, he just sacrificed his, 
his time with his friends or his time to have fun because he was literally, he had a bigger fish to fry. He had a bigger calling. And so many of us, like myself included, for what we just said, although comedy, I don't necessarily know if it's my biggest calling, but so many of us, we, uh, we don't, we don't honor our greater, our, our greater calling. I yeah. feel. And when people do it, I, I, I give them props as, as much as I can yeah. because it's so difficult to just do the right thing and to sacrifice yourself in service of the right thing. Right. Um, like he, like he, uh, exemplified I mean, in his presence. My mom just gave me his book thing. for my birthday, uh, dreams, dream of my father. Yeah. That was yeah, nice I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to read. I just yeah. got it yesterday. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to highlight the, the timeless quality of him. And I also wanted, you know, in a way that, you know, as a comedian, we're all about making connections anyway. And so if you can connect, like, the the truth-telling, you know, spirited order of yesteryear yeah. and the truth-telling spirited order of today and using his uh, – an iconic speech and I- iconic, you know, intonations yeah. and just, you know, almost like juxtaposing it with Obama – I felt like you know there was this great comedy, this yeah. great comedy to be captured in those in those in those margins. Yeah. I took something from it. Maybe you weren't trying to say. I, I took something from it that was sort of like, this is a great moment. It's an it's momentous. It's it, it matters. Also, not quite <laughs> as like like they like nobody was like. Uh, being bitten by dogs because right. they were, right. you know, right. like it was right. not quite right. the same. Is right. that because that's I picked that up? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, okay, I mean, yeah. like that's 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 the spirit of comedy where you start yeah. like building somebody up for for something big and it's not what they thought it was, and yeah. so therefore you elicit laughter yeah. that way. Flip them, flip them, flip them. A trend, a lot of trend. Moving them in the hood, popping old brownstone. Isn't it? It's almost like there's got it, got it. It was like a moment. It's just like a. This is great. Let's be real. <laughs> like I, I was, I was able to make people think, feel, laugh, and also, you know, there was a bit of silliness thrown in there. So it was yeah. almost like a, a potpourri. The keeping, I love the like keep going. It's like what we heard in the Eddie thing too. It just mm-hmm. like doesn't stop. Like when you get like, yeah. they get the Chinese ba- or the yeah. Asian baby. They come home, get a uh, house in a low income neighborhood. Like it's yeah. just the process. Of, totally, it's amazing. Yeah. It and it's out. so funny. Like, well, like that was the TV and spot. Could, so I had to like completely like that was like that goes even longer. That was like oh yeah that that was like okay. And I remember being so nervous. This is what I'm doing. Spot. Just like I gotta have like within this minute within yeah. this time frame. And uh, so that was you know difficult to, right, to yeah. contend with that right. but then you know when you're free on stage yeah. in the club or whatever you've done that twice nights. So you have got you have your gotham spot and mm-hmm. you're also on last comic standing yeah that must be a whole other level a whole nother level oh, yeah. yeah that's a whole nother level i wish i knew now what i knew then. i wish Which i knew what? That, then what i know now what do you know now that I, it's not that deep you know uh it's a Last Comic is a reality show about a comedy competition. It's uh-huh. not a comedy competition. Uh-huh. And I wish I knew that going in because this is me. I'm like doing fucking the Rocky steps, doing my jokes, making yeah. sure I could do them on the treadmill. Like literally, this is me. Like I was swimming at one point. I was like, I'm going to if I could do this whole bit in my head while I'm underwater. Whoa. Like I was like training like Rocky, like it actually fucking mattered when it didn't fucking matter. Because because uh, the outcome needed to serve the narrative that they wanted once they had all the pieces and they were like, here's the puzzle. Ah, it looks better if we do it like this exactly. it's more dramatic if we do it like this exactly. and it wasn't riding on your performance no they want they want quirky, easily consumable Ugh. 
just you know whatever whatever yeah. the fuck they want to sell to people in Montana. Did it help sell, whoa, your, whoa. sell you though? Like did it like when you uh, were you able to get more gigs because of the? Oh, absolutely. For sure. You, oh, so absolutely. that part is. Yeah, good. I don't better. feel like it made me or was any sort of indicator of because uh, my imagine. talent. I don't think, but it's like we live in a, a, a world and a business. That you know, you need those those definable. I'm assuming they made credits. you kind of castrate your material, for lack of a better word. Like, yeah. like just yeah. like, well, this. Well, has, that's the thing about we'll take network your heart television. And remove it. <laughs> yeah, network television. It's like, uh, and anybody that you spoke to who's been through that show, you've got to go through standards and practices. So your jokes have to be written out verbatim. Right. Uh-huh. No, no, uh, no, anything exactly how you tell it. You got to write it out, and yeah. you got to give it to them, and they got to give it to their lawyers and. If they see something that they don't think is going to jive with their network and their sponsors, then they'll send it back and they're like, we need to submit something else. So yeah. all the comics are going through that rigmarole of writing out all of our bits and, um, and submitting them to be approved or disapproved. Wow. All right. That's well, it. let's play a little more of that. Sure. Now, no, wait. now he, was, he was inaugurated on Martin Luther King Day. Let's not forget. Because I remember I was home. I'm flicking through the channels. I noticed that most of the networks seem to reflect the festive atmosphere in D.C. Most of them. NBC's coverage was upbeat. Fucking turn to CNN. Anderson Cooper's grinning from ear to ear. Turn to Fox News. Not as festive. (laughs) Not as upbeat on Inauguration Day. Wasn't what they were saying, but what they wouldn't say. Well, let's face it, it's what they couldn't say. And it made me realize, you know, Fox News, they need a correspondent that can say all the shit they really think about black people, (laughs) but get away with it. They need someone like Samuel Jackson's character from Django Unchained. (laughs) They do. They do. They need a Steven via satellite from Candyland. He'd be like, you mean to tell me they let this nigga in the White House? (laughs) Again? Four more years all up in the beds. All the Washington in the world won't get the nigga out of them sheets. <laughs> they gonna have to burn the dance. <laughs> Steven, what do you think about Michelle Obama's new haircut? I don't know about them bangs. <laughs> <laughs> no, she can't be rolling her goddamn eyes at Mr. Boehner like that. That's Mr. John Boehner. He a good man. He's bigger and bigger. <laughs> Better put that up, any nigga in the hot box. <laughs> Give her 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> That's another fucking joke I haven't done in a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> so fucking good. Uh, so this, the high pitch part where you, <laughs> like, that, I, God, it was, it, that, that high pitch, which part of it, it was so fucking, was, I think it was the first thing you said as that character. <laughs> ah, what was it? Wait, wait, the, the uh, super high pitch. And uh, that, that broke it up. Let me. you mean to tell me yeah. they let this nigga. <laughs> in the White House again <laughs> all up in the bed <laughs> when you're so when you're why. practicing your characters do you use a mirror so you can see your face no not yeah. at all I, okay. you know it's a funny thing it's like I never I've watched that because it was on TV and then I had to like mm-hmm. send it to fucking people or whatever but I, I don't watch myself I would because we, we differ on this uh, like you like like rehearsing in front of the mirror for like performance I, I I don't even record myself on video when I do stand up if I want to work on material I only do audio because like yeah. I'm the words need yeah. to be right yeah my I can't change the yeah. way I look when I do things yeah. I can't I mean yeah. I and if I try way. yeah it won't look good. Yeah. <laughs> if it's you like, find yourself fixated I, on something that you yeah. really don't need to be fixated on, like, yeah. you know, how you were standing. And it's like, when For you're in a live sure. performance, you're in a live performance. So yeah, it's like, yeah. you're, 
you know, you're not cognizant of how yeah. you necessarily See, appeal because it's not necessarily servicing the laughter. In that I moment. don't know, man. I watch. I just saw to John Mulaney. Own. I just saw John Mulaney, and everything he is doing is just down to the. It's so calculated. It's mm-hmm. just like I and I. I, I like. I like the, what he can do with that. I'm yeah. amazed at that. And I'm not saying it's the only one way to do it. It's both it, it's, yeah. it's certain. I think certain things you want to have totally loose yeah. Yeah, yeah. and certain things. It makes sense to just have that eyebrow cock, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you could also know that that is like, you might, what if you do the eyebrow cock and you don't feel like eyebrow cocking, but you force it. <laughs> eyebrow cock. Eyebrow <laughs> <laughs> cocky. Uh, like I, I just, um, uh, I feel the like their cock was pretty forced. Cause I remember forced like, that cock on us. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, uh, like, yeah, just like focusing on the wrong things. I think yeah, it's like wording and you can hear, you can almost like, I think this is why physical albums kind of work. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Steve Martin's old albums are like harmful of swallowed or Eddie's, which is clearly he's doing a lot with his body in that yeah. moment. Uh, is that you can kind of hear movement. You can hear the way. Yeah. And if it's it. you, you remember what you look like when you say things yeah. or, you know, like certain things yeah. or like what like your face looks like when you're upset or yeah. happy. So I think it's important to folk. I, I like to, I agree with you. I focus on the, um, but no, like I said, it's multiple avenues to the to a, to the same destination, which is laughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? right, right, yeah. Um, but, but Jeff like for, is for, wrong. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just for me because because so voice. I can go uh, be wrong in my room. Because my voice is uh, so uh, you know necessary to pull off uh, some of the things that I do. I I practice characters and like yeah. i don't sing in the shower I'll, I'll be sam jackson taking a shower yeah, yeah or i'll yeah. be morgan freeman taking i love shower. doing I'll impressions be obama the taking a shower I like, found I don't, that that's how i do it by the way so, in general like voice is super important to stand yeah. up yeah. and also like like <laughs> also like <laughs> i was taking it as like the poetic part but i was like oh he's being a dick yeah yeah good good i was i was i was i was cocking like, i was eyebrow cocking no but for like me this i can't imagine being a smoker as a comedian Oh, for God. me, like I've got to do like vocal ex- exercises. Like, like I mean, I, s- I can do Obama though, a little bit. It's uh, not the same. Uh, yeah, though, uh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> See, you're definitely good. Cooler. It just um, sounds like a cooler guy. But uh, you got to, um, like, for me, I've got to like, like, especially if I'm doing like an hour, if I'm doing like like forty minutes. So I got to like, I got to like yeah. work out my voice. Mm-hmm. I got to do vo- vocal sure. exercises and stuff. You really fucking perform. Like, I've I've been on probably like. Five or six shows uh, with you in my and like since we've known each other, and it's like every time it's like God damn, Cyrus going hard as fuck because I've never seen you in the middle of a set, in the middle of a lineup. Mm. You're always headlining, and it's always or closing the show yeah. for whatever uh, where do you want to use, and it's just like thank God because he just is sweating and just going ham. I just I can't imagine I that many comics so can follow you, or I I'm not can yeah. w- would want to because they're like what if they're like in a bad mood and it's like this dude just fucking well thank you like like leo <laughs> he, just, he just sat up thank straight you. You perform every, you perform stand-up got like, a black man blushing in this motherfucker <laughs> got, me, got me rosy cheeks over here God damn, say rebel. some more say some more you you know the uh you're like a leo uh dicaprio and revolutionary road like fuck you april you're just like going fucking i'm always in. going for that oscar moment yeah, every, yeah. every set even if it's a mic i'm yeah, always yeah. going for my oscar moment yeah yeah it's no, nah, man, it's, it goes back to what we said before. Like, I, 
I get on stage to communicate with folks. Yeah. It's like, uh, there's, like we said before, there, there are multiple avenues to get to laughter and infinite ways to make a person laugh. But I like to, you know, enlighten folks. I like to, you know, educate folks. I like to, yeah. you know, I like to give them a bit of an experience. Um, so when you're doing that and people respond to it because people want to be entertained. Yeah. They do want to be entertained. Like everybody wants to sit and laugh, but if you can fucking entertain them then they will be coming back for more they will throw their money at you what was a moment in comedy where a comic uh at like either a contemporary of yours maybe someone you looked up to that you were just talking to for a second maybe you heard it on like an interview or something something a comic said that just changed the way you approach stand-up from that point forward for the better that changed well i remember i I confided the closest thing i could think of on that tip was i confided in bill burr when i just first started and that's when the alt scene was really really sort of like you know going going big and so um i was like talking to him i was like man i'm trying to get booked in rooms and i'm not getting any sort of traction and he like said something he's like like do do your funny be you be your funny and people are gonna fucking respond to it like mm-hmm. don't try to yeah. it wasn't like i was trying to like you know maybe i need to become more alty maybe i need a fucking an easel pad or some shit <laughs> but, uh, i think maybe easel that's pad. what he took from it but he just said be find your funny and people are going to respond yeah and it, and he it, it was true like find your funny and people will respond yeah it's yeah. like all right and that that's sort of because that first, you know, when you first start and you're doing mics and you're doing bringer shows here and there and just like you really haven't gotten your fucking sea legs yeah. yet. And it's like you like full of doubt, just consumed with self-doubt when you're first starting as a comedian. And like that helped that, that helped crystallize things for mm-hmm. me in a way. Like just follow your fucking path. And, and, and it's such a great like sort of true north compass thing he gave you uh, because I, don't, I, I can speak from my own experience. When you start stand up like you look around and you want to be accepted by all these people. Mm -hmm. And then you see them all doing something a certain way. And you're like, should I do that? Right. When really that's, that's, that's true South. Yeah. Yeah. It's pure group think. Yeah. It's like, so y'all just got a field day with a comedy club and just like the wall of comics and like how they interact with each other. Yeah. Their body language and shit. Yeah. Uh I think it's phony. I think it's, I think it's false. I think it's flawed. Yeah. I think you have to be authentic to who you are, be authentic to your artistic voice. And, let the fucking chips fall where they may, but I don't like that. That there's a, a weird too cool for school shit element to many young comics, especially that I can't fuck with. I, I, yeah, I think about one thing. I always think about like be the reason you started it in the first place. Yeah. Like the re before you started stand up, being like, why do I think I could do stand up? Oh, and it just it goes from there. By the way, you're doing fucking. This is great. Your uh, premiere guest is awesome. <laughs> hey, yeah. good job on telling him. Good job. Hey, you're the host. (laughs) Come on. Let's talk about sex. The next bit is by Jim Gaffigan. Completely different. Completely different. If you want to know a little other little backstory, I've known Jim for like 14 years now. Mm -hmm. Because when I was working at the comedy club, I'd see him all the time and he would bounce material off of me. So I would like... Like help him like really? like work with jokes awesome. and like wait which club is this by the way Gotham uh, Gotham oh yeah, yeah. so I know Jim that. I know Jim oh, that's so my when that's you my were peoples. working at a comedy club with just no designs to do stand up yeah. <laughs> like, I knew yeah. all these motherfuckers before like like I know Bill pretty well Bill Bird yeah. Gaff- I know all these fucking oh, guys so I've been great. knowing them for years and it's like it's fucking crazy I was like I, I guess I was kind of meant to be mm-hmm. watching them and shit I was like oh, I think I can. I think I can make And you're punching laugh. up bits with him outside. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things like it's like so, so him and I had like an early sort of bond and that's uh, cool. 
Bill Burr and a few other comics, like when they had their specials, they requested that I come sit in the audience. Ah, because that's I, so I, I'm great. Real talk. That's really cool. I like. I laugh when the shit's funny. I laugh. Yeah, and yeah. And it's yeah. like you know they've done it a thousand times, and sometimes the audience isn't giving it to them. But I would always be there, making sure that I gave it to them, let them know like that shit is fucking funny. Yes. Um. Yes. And so that's why I've always treated comedy that way. Like you know, we all come up in the open mic, you know, scene and you know, a bunch of miserable young men in a basement in the middle of an afternoon yeah. and shit and people not wanting to laugh or acknowledge that somebody's up there really pouring themselves out or pouring their hearts out. And so that's why even in an open mic, like when the shit's funny, I'm laughing. Yeah. I'll let you know that you're on the right path. And I, for sure. I, I, nothing, nothing gets under my skin more than comics who are too cool for school and they don't, yeah, they don't give that. that same sort of courtesy. My to their favorite comics. lyric of any song is, it's uh, it's a Beatles lyric, and it's 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 a fool who plays it cool by making the world a little colder. Mm. From Hey Jude. Oh and, yeah, and I just like I feel like that with yeah. with some comics. Like I'm just like, why are you doing this? Yeah, like, yeah. How, that's who is this that's a, there's a large there's a large segment of comedy that is like that, and yeah. I can't fucking stand it. I know. Well, yeah, I noticed when we were playing your clip, you like you were laughing, which is like I love. I mean, it's like I wouldn't be performing the shit if I didn't think it was funny. Yeah, it's just like, and it's kind of like. Like watching you do that, it's like hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like the best way to approach it. Yeah, for like sure. do it's um. This is a Pete Holmes quote, but like be the comedian you'd want to be watching on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I can't believe a comic would be doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you made him. <laughs> That's like exactly <laughs> who you want to be. Word up. All right. So this next clip is by Jim Gaffigan, and it's called "I'm a Manatee." It's from his 2000. <laughs> yes, I know this bit. It's from his 2005 album "Doing My Time." I'm a manatee. (laughs) My favorite animal is the manatee, the sea cow. The manatee is endangered with extinction, and I think it's because it's out of shape. (laughs) It looks like a retired football player. (laughs) You ever see the manatee on the Discovery Channel? It's always floating around like, I'm bloated. (laughs) Too much pizza for me. (laughs) The manatee is also called the sea cow. Sea cow, that sounds like an insult. <laughs> it's almost as if the manatee was introduced to the ocean. The other animals were like, who's the new guy? The manatee was like, oh, hi, everyone. You can call me the manatee. <laughs> yeah, right, sea cow. <laughs> <laughs> Name's manatee. Sea cow, fat ass. <laughs> Tubby <of> shit. <laughs> Wait it. <laughs> I'd love to see the manatee on a show like Ricky Lake. Manatee be sitting there like, uh, Ricky, I'm here because I'm endangered. And then one of those mean people in the audience would offer up the advice, Yeah, I want to say something to the sea pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> sea pig, you a fat seal. You got to get yourself an education and a job. Manatee <laughs> be like, I live in the ocean. <laughs> Just so happen you live in the ocean because you ain't got no job. <laughs> You got to get in Weight Watchers, some kind of program. I have a layer of blubber to keep my body warm in the water. <laughs> Whatever, talk to the hand. <laughs> I don't have a hand. <laughs> what if a manatee was in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> They might laugh, but they'd be crying on the inside. <laughs> it doesn't look like God tried that hard on the man. <laughs> All right, blob of shit, flip flops. Blob of shit and flip flops. What the hell? Let's go with the goatee. 
<laughs> you know what? I got a golf game. Throw this around Florida, it'll fit in. <laughs> hey, I'm from Florida. I don't think God plays golf. I didn't like some of those jokes. <laughs> So fucking love me love. some Jim Gaffigan. That's okay. my boy right there. Yeah. That's my baby boy so right there. There's love. so many characters in there. Oh, right, right. So I have I I, I made notes on it. So uh, I first, saw him workshopping that joke at, at Gotham over the years. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so great. So uh, there's the character. Um, who, there's the character of the manatee. Mm-hmm. First off, who's we? Who, it's an archetype. It's uh, uh, I'm awkward. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't please accept me. Like yeah. it's it's so. He archetype. gave a voice to a manatee that we all like immediately. Accepted like that yes. is the voice of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if a man has a voice, that's the voice. He's kind yes. of a loser, but like you don't. He he wants to be liked, but he can't. Doesn't yeah. know how to fit in. Right, 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 right. Then the very next, he has a new character introduced immediately. The bully of the sea, whoever <laughs> yeah. that is, right? Who's like, oh, like and it's like, oh, who's a new guy? Like yeah. immediately, you're just like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. And then boom, he takes the manatee out of the ocean, yeah. and we're in a Ricky Lake episode and now it's that sort of ignorant mean audience member who's just like i want to say something to the sea pig (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know who that is yeah absolutely instantly yeah instantly and and his writing (laughs) he used to jim used to roll around he still rolls around i'm sure with like a fucking a, a proper like five subject notebook like this size like Uh big notebook and it was just it was popping at the seams, like he like used yeah. up every piece of paper, and he had like napkins and shit stuck into uh, it. Like this man is a rolling comedy machine. Oh yeah. my god! And it's so it's always so dense. He mm-hmm. gets it to the point where it's just every line, yeah, every line. Totally. He, his his setup is the previous punchline. Like yeah. ah, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Then he has another character. He has another character. His basic character, which is one of the most genius things I've I've seen in comedy ever. Yeah. He has this strange character he created that's his alter ego. That's sort of like the voice of the, the comments on the joke. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The audience like, basically like, that identifies the- all the problems with jokes. Yes. I it's so the way you put it just now that's perfect like there hasn't been something like that before he did it no not that I know of yeah and and it, and it's a character unto itself yeah and that character is also another archetype yeah. of somebody who's doesn't really get comedy who is offended by things a lot is yeah. is just like well I, I I don't understand why you would say any of these things <laughs> to begin with yeah and that person is present in his comedy all the yeah. time yeah. so he's identifying the threat in the audience yeah. calling it out in this character yeah. ah it's so incredible yeah, yeah. Really. also he, that voice he'll, he'll use to comment on his own joke yep you know and like it's yep. like I, I think he probably discovered i can't sp- speak you know uh with authority on this but he probably discovered it like like he's like let me add let me actually vocalize the voice that's going on in my head uh-huh like, it's like, like a neutralization like, oh they didn't like that joke yeah yeah oh they, that was too far for them yeah, like, you know, yeah it's like you know he actually vocalized probably his internal monologue it's really funny genius it's yep. such like a it's like a the be- i bet it was like a defense mechanism almost like mm-hmm. maybe one day he just like started riffing in that voice when a joke bombed yeah. and then people liked that he knew exactly why they yeah. didn't laugh at it right. and then he was just like he just turned it into an empire that's yeah. like the way he does comedy right and, and no one can do it like no that. one can do it it's so his if you ever heard anybody doing just it be like, just be like knock it off yeah like, gaffigan yeah. Yeah. yeah um and then uh he has another character he has god 
Again, like in the golf game, in the space of two and a half minutes, he has one, two, three, four, uh, five, six different characters Mm -hmm. that he plays, and then himself as well. Yeah, it's just like I that that to me, and he does that throughout all of his material. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, Yeah. the best. Love it. It's like a seven layer dip. This next bit is by what's his name again? Is it? Is it, how do you say Richard it? Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I All heard right. he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so this next bit is by uh, Richard Pryor. He's like a comedian. He was a comedian, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it is called, let's see here, White People. Uh, this is from Live in Concert, right? I couldn't figure out where it was from. Honestly. I think this is Live in Concert. The one where he starts and the crowd isn't even there yet. Yes. <laughs> but I love it when white folks come back from intermission, find out niggas and stole the seats. <laughs> That's the best Actually, fucking thing I've ever heard. Were we sitting right here? Yeah. You were sitting you ain't sitting here in ham, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I came and I seen they had a nigga hemmed up there. I was like, where you at? Long Beach. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So this next bit is uh, it's just titled White People, and it's from which, what was it? Uh, live in Concert. Live in Concert uh, by R- Ricard Prior, I think. <laughs> Never heard of him. Yeah. yeah, all right. It's funny, though, man. White people be funny. And you ever know it's like you be the only nigga someplace, and you go with white people, they be funky, right? They be, they be like, you want to move out of the way, fellas? Excuse me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Taking up all the fucking area. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 and niggas gorilla they way in the place man we saw about eight dead white people when we was coming in still had tickets in their hands <laughs> niggas had just run over them getting in there move out the way motherfucker shit <laughs> we ain't seen a nigga in three years what the fuck you talking about why did shark go ahead shark cut in well what do you want trouble <laughs> a whole bunch of them they could be cousins or anything. Some white dudes you cut in front of don't play that shit though, right? You cut in front of them. All right, cut the shit. <laughs> oh my god. Just cut the fucking crap. Oh no. I love when white dudes get mad and cuss. Because right? y'all some funny motherfuckers when you cuss. So good, man. Oh, he's that good. Was, that's from the very beginning. That's like right before that was the whole thing. Is like I love when white folks come back from intermission to sow the seats, and that's when he went into that whole bit. He there. just riffs right. God, he's oh, so, so funny. fucking good, man. You guys are right. He is funny. The reason I like this we we haven't played Richard on the. Thing, I know so, what the so, hell. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that's why I, comics bring you Seinfeld. I'm bringing you the truth. Yeah, <laughs> I like what pop tarts are true. <laughs> What is it? Bob got this motherfucker. You ever notice why people talk like? <laughs> yeah, that'd be really funny. Why people's on pop tart eating motherfuckers? Damn, shit. I love this because, I mean, I oh God, I'd have to uh, 
find out the exact year, but I I feel like this is a point where the reason I love this character that he's doing or this variety of series characters, of characters, series yeah. of characters. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first time on like a grand stage because Richard Pryor was like uh, like I mean him and Carlin and and I guess who else was like incredible at the time and was like the biggest comedians at the time. Right. Uh, he was the first. Actually, well, Cosby, I guess, was first. Um, but he was one of the biggest, most like honest, like edgy black comedians. Yeah. It's like him the- and him and you can't him and like Carlin are inextricably linked because they almost like had a, an awakening around the same time. Yeah, yeah. and they were both they yeah. started their careers. People don't realize Bar- uh, Carlin's first shit was like really soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like wacky really, weatherman. Yeah, he was yeah, like yeah. he was like not love, the Carlin that you know. No. Prior similarly. Similarly mm-hmm. was like he was really Pie like trying to face. be more like exactly he was he trying was to be like more Jim like Harry, honestly. Like to some degree, yeah, he was yeah. really wacky, a lot of pack yeah. falls, but he was also really trying to do his best Cosby impersonation. Even yeah. prior himself admits to this. Uh-huh. But they both sort of had an awakening around the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were like, you know what? I'm just gonna fucking be honest up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ex- excruciatingly honest. And to his external his eternal credit, it it, it fucking changed comedy. It yeah. changed comedy Completely. in everybody's lives in the process. And the thing is, is even like uh, going back and watching Richard Pryor is all is sometimes hard because you've heard all those jokes derived yes. and derived and derived yeah. and yeah. derived by yeah. so many comedians that you're just like, oh, but I've heard that. Yeah, you heard it because he created yeah. it. Yeah. You invented the way contemporary stand-ups perform stand-up. Like mm-hmm. the like everything kind of like comes from I mean it comes from people before him, but mm-hmm. the like honesty. He's an inflection like, point. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I love it because it's exactly what you said. I mean like I don't I don't think I'll ever really get tired of a black comic on stage or a Latino comic on stage just being like white people do this and it's ridiculous. I will always laugh as a white guy. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. But to know that in like character though, it's it's a different this fucking using this character that this is the first time for a lot of people yeah. watching in the audience and at home and wherever it was televised, like Holy shit, we do sound weird when we curse. And it yeah. does it the juxtaposition next to the way black people curse. Yeah. And like when we get in arguments, it is such a funny we sound so ridiculous. <laughs> like it's just it's funny to notice like that is like the first time you you mentioned Dick Gregory off air, like yeah. had some similar or Yeah, he things. spoke he he spoke he he did a, a lot of comedy that sort of highlighted racial inequities mm-hmm. uh, and but he was also very much like a wordsmith and like his bits were well crafted and, yeah. and in terms of like you know set up punch and there was a nuance in that regard but yeah prior was like one of the i would say prior to me in my opinion was the first comic to basically call white people out for this shit yeah like in a, in a grandiose fashion yeah and it's like i think that's also part of his and have his, white um, people fucking eat it the fuck up uh, well he I, uh, again i think this comes back to the power of character mm-hmm. because um he was able to as those characters show people how silly they sounded or looked or show show an entire culture hey look at yourself have you ever looked at yourself like yeah. this yeah um, but if he just said it, it's not the same. Yeah. It lets it, it, back a her head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back her head is a so character <laughs> like, like that allows an audience to laugh at themselves yeah. in a way that words alone don't. Yes. I think. Yes, absolutely. And you can't be afraid. Like that's one thing that prior sort of gave every comedian to follow him 
the permission to just be fearless yeah. on stage. He yes. gave us all that permission. And I feel like more than any other comedian, like he got up there and was going to speak his truth no matter what the consequences were, yeah, you know, yeah. and like by, by hella high water, he was going to, he was going to like highlight some shit while he was up there. He mentioned to, so inspiring. in an interview that he feels like he passed the torch to Dave Chappelle in, in, in like, at, like as a comedian, like what he was trying to do, he yeah. feels like he gave it to Chappelle. Mm. I think watching like Dave Chappelle's newest comedy specials on mm. Netflix, I was like, yeah, the way he's oh, yeah. speaking. And he even makes the point like, the the joys of being wrong yeah like that mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. is like a richard mm-hmm. pryor based um lesson in comedy well it's so funny also you know we're living in a world now where, where heightened sensitivities have in some ways diluted art and, many, and you know i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of comedians and not just us but people in general are more worried than maybe we ever have been at any other time yeah. to say some of these things. Like I was listening to some of Pryor stuff the other day and I was like, there's no way he could get away with this shit yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. There's no way he could get away with yeah. saying some of this shit now. And it's really, uh, stuff about like hitting his wife and like, just that, just being utterly truthful yeah. about it. You know, I feel like, um, I feel like we are now living in a world that as comedians and we all can, you know, yeah kibitz on this like it's it's more difficult to be that authentic yeah in some regards because like you were saying before you encounter a liberal good meaning audience yeah, yeah. but they are bringing a whole different level of sensibility mm-hmm. to yeah there's the a experience. liberal lynch there's a liberal lynching that occurs where it's yeah. like you gotta like you know honestly yeah. This isn't a dissertation. This is a fucking comedy club. We're just talking about shit freely. It's, it's, I, I like. I love the, the 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 framework of this is recreational thinking. Yeah. Gene Getman said that, and I just stuck with me. This is recreational thinking. It's right. where it's it should be a playground of the mind. Yeah. Uh, and people are taking it out of the playground and being like. This person throws rocks. Yeah. And we're like, we were in the playground. We were like, well, everybody, what? what? Yeah, well, yeah. speaking of the Chappelle that you're talking about, his most uh, recent special that he did, the comedy store, yeah. like that got a whole, I remember there was a whole bunch of news articles oh, about God. like how he, he talked about it's Kevin like, Spacey's situation. Yeah. And they were trying to take his joke out of context and vilify him. Just, and it was like, you first off, you can't take a fucking comedian's bit out of context. You yeah. got to show everything leading up to it, yeah. everything right after yeah. he also, made that joke. And fucking, it's like, at the end of the day, he's a fucking comedian. He's not a public official and look at the asshole who is a public official who's saying shit and not a very yeah. germane right, right, you know right, a very right. nice fashion right yeah, and, yeah. and 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 also you have uh, uh his intonation you have his facial expression there's so much to it yeah. if you just take the text of it yeah, yeah. oh my god you can yeah, do anything yeah. with it yeah it's fucking crazy. so I'm, I'm i i do get fearful in some regards although i haven't necessarily encountered it uh in that specific way where Although I, to a degree, I've encountered it where people sort of tighten up on you when you start to like, you know, delve into territory mm-hmm. that they might not find, you know, mm-hmm. you know, acceptable to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I, I had a show and, you know, Trump, I got a lot of material on Trump now. Mm-hmm. And he's you know, the president, right? <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, you know, it was an older white audience and they started to clam up. Um, when I started to go into the Trump shit, they were laughing up into there, but then I started going into Trump and they kind of got off board. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I had to fucking, you know, this is the fearlessness that, uh, that, uh, that I inherit from the gods that went before me, the Richard Pryors or the Robin Harris's, you know, yeah. uh, and the Carlins. And I just said, you know what? I was like, you, look at you. I was like, you, did you vote for him? Is that why you're clamming up? And you, I see the gray hair. It's like, I don't understand old motherfuckers voting for I, Trump. 
I really yeah. don't. It's not like you're going to have to live with the consequences. I said, so you know what you did? You know what it is? It's basically like voting for Trump at your age. You basically farted on an elevator right before you got off. Uh, That's basically what voting for Trump is. Really. Uh, uh, like, you fucking asshole. You uh, farted. Uh, right uh, Jesus Christ. That's hilarious. Come on. Let's talk about sex. So a huge thanks to our guest, Cyrus McQueen. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. Any plugs you'd like to do? Plug my Twitter because that's my fucking yeah, that's your jam, that's man. My jam right now. Please do follow yourselves it. a yeah. favor. It's fucking crazy. At Cyrus M McQueen. Yeah. Follow that Cyrus M McQueen. Of course, that will be in the show notes. Um, uh, his website, CyrusMcQueen.com. And it's yeah. not one-liners about raisins. It's like really good critiques of government. It's mm-hmm. fucking hilarious it's, and, and great. And, yeah. And brilliant. And, yeah. And, yeah. It's just so like full of heart. It's great. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, also, good, good pop tart shit. Like I've saw, yeah, I've yeah. seen. <laughs> God, they, dude, he goes on forever. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking uh, of Trump, what about pop tarts? Uh, <laughs> and uh, any anything else uh, you'd like to say before we go? Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Oh, oh hell yeah. All, All right. right. Well, if you want to find out more about our guest, head over to letstalkaboutsets.com. Check out those show notes. We have all the episodes organized by theme and by the comedians that we discuss. And you can get our episodes automatically every other week by subscribing to the podcast. Please do that if you haven't already. And uh, you know what? Hey, Richard Pryor. Turns out you're pretty good. Thanks, yeah. thanks for unwittingly contributing to this. Who else we got? Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. No. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I'm I'm child, don't talk shit. I'm not trying <laughs> shit. Uh, and uh, a big, huge, special thanks, of course, to Jim Gaffigan for yes. his hard hitting boy ma- man yeah. bit. <laughs> <My> boy, <laughs> speaking truth to the sea. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who else did we play? Uh, we also played uh, Mr. Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Fucking oh, one of the guy. coolest people to ever exist, the most talented human beings ever to exist. Right. And yeah. of always, always a big special thanks. Salt and Pepper, we love you for all this fair use. And you would love us. We're having a Salt and Pepper appreciation party at my apartment after yeah. this. So yeah. come on over. Uh, hope yeah. to see you. We have both. We're going to lose the peppers because <laughs> the pepper's going home. <laughs> Alright, thank you. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets.